0: Hello, and welcome to This Week in the Ancient Near East, a podcast that takes archaeology exactly as seriously as it deserves. I'm Alex Joffe, director of the Bob and Ray Institute of Archaeology at the University of Southern North Dakota at Hoople. With me, as always, are two academics from real institutions, Professor J.P. Dessel of the University of Tennessee and Professor Rachel Hallett of the State University of New York at Purchase. We're speaking to you today from the Tex Blaisdell Museum of Cowboy Culture here on the beautiful Hoople campus. Today we're talking about fabulous new discoveries from the Cave of the Horrors and nearby sites in the Judean Desert dating to the Roman Calcolithic and Neolithic periods. Why did people over the course of almost 10,000 years come to almost completely inaccessible caves tucked into cliffs Hundreds of meters above the Dead Sea. How did they get in and out of these caves in the first place, and how did they overcome the inevitable claustrophobia, and what is the relationship between natural bodily functions and archaeological discoveries? All right. So let's start with with the lightning round, and we'll, I'll give you I'll give you a choice. Uh, one is um, best cave experience, or um. Uh, who will play you in the movies? I actually like that one better. <laughs> okay. Um. I'm I'm going to be played in the movies by uh, obviously Denzel Washington. um Obviously. Rachel, I think you'd be played by Tina Fey.
1: Oh, you think so? I was okay. Does it have because to be I a love, living actor? Can it be a dead actor? No, Is because I, I love her. Okay. Um. <laughs> I. Uh... I um I, I was gonna say Audrey Hepburn. She's always my go to for who should play me in the movies. My wishful thinking go to.
0: Okay, Professor Dussel. Uh, Danny McBride. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a you know contemporary kind of not not Danny Kay. <laughs> I think Danny McBride. Fair enough. Yeah, a little bit of that kind of crazy energy, and then just you know. Well, we always associate you with crazy energy. <laughs> there you go. Especially, especially these days. <laughs> but crazy energy—you need some crazy energy to rappel down 400 kilometers down these cliffs to get into these into these caves.
1: Don't you want to hear our, our cave experiences though?
0: Oh yeah. Well, I know that was. <laughs> That was the segue into the cave experience. Go ahead.
1: (laughs) Back it up. (laughs) I've got a good cave experience. No, go ahead. It goes back to maybe 1984 when I was, during the 1984 season of Mekna, traveling around the country on the weekends with my Israeli cousin. And he took me into some cave somewhere in the south. I have no idea what it was, but it was a deep, narrow, twisty, windy cave. We were with candles. It, we had to be on our bellies sometimes. It was the most terrifying experience of my entire life. Um, but he had, you know, lived down there and he knew exactly what he was doing, and and we did come out alive.
2: But you're smiling, and and you you seem to reflect on it quite positively.
1: Yeah, in retrospect, it was great. I'm so glad I had that experience. I would never do it again. Um, and, you know, even at the time it was terrifying because you don't know where you are. You don't know if you'll ever get out. And it was really, really dark.
0: <laughs> that's, the, that's the part about caves that I don't like. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, in 1980,
2: I went to Sinai with one, two, three, four people. And we lived in a cave. By Naama Bay, which is someplace, you know, kind of off the beaten track in Sinai. And honestly, I have, and we used to go snorkeling every day, multiple times a day, because it was right in, right in front of the, uh, you know, right on the, on the sea. And I have no idea about the whole logistics, where we ate, where we went to the bathroom, no recollection of that at all but i do know that i did that and that was really fantastic. Hmm. Alex?
0: Uh, the uh, underground uh, dwelling cities in Cappadocia. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh and, yeah. That's and going fantastic. through going through some of those. Yeah, and those are awesome. Just what an awesome crazy idea. And and they're and they're, you know, thousands of, of square tens of thousands of square meters of, of these things carved into these kind of volcanic uh, deposits and it's all very it's all very otherworldly and yeah. uh, it uh, being in them being in caves is a very otherworldly kind of experience but I will confess that I hate caves <laughs> in general because I am um, like massively claustrophobic at this stage really I, I don't like i don't like darkness so much well right. you know, that, that kind of darkness <laughs> well it's like that and then literal darkness you're, you're okay with metaphorical darkness <laughs> exactly darkness that i create within myself
2: <laughs> That's is okay. very
0: cool huh? but i don't like the feeling of being so enclosed even that that really 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 heavy uh, comforter, <laughs> I, I felt like I was in a
2: sandwich press. <laughs> I like heavy comforters, even in the uh, even in the summer. Yeah, you know, I like to have that weight on me. me too
1: exactly, exactly. It feels nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah but That's it's very, very like, different than being in a cave.
0: Yeah, but it was like being underneath, you know, uh, one of those. The, those lead vests getting x rayed. Yes, I, I like that too. Yeah. I, mean, makes, I
2: always, that always calms me down in the dentist's office. Throw the lead vest on. <laughs> right. Let me, let, let me I in. <laughs> but, uh, Well, I
1: guess,
0: but I guess then if you had to climb down 300 feet and climb into a cave, you just the sensory experience would be this huge, weird contrast. You're dangling. You're oh, looking out. There's nothingness. Like, oh, I, I'm adrift. And then all of a sudden, you're in this snug little claustrophobic cave.
1: Right. What if you're afraid of heights and afraid of of enclosed spaces? Then I guess this is not the excavation for you.
2: No. Then you're making sandwiches on the top. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> yeah. These knots look good. You guys, you guys, go for it.
1: the repelling is like a really interesting part of this like first of all the the archaeologists having to repel into this cave with all the equipment but also like in antiquity how are these people getting into these caves with all the stuff
0: well right yeah they're they're in some of them there, there are ropes and rope ladders and things like that but to have to do this on a on a regular basis which really you know shows that these are these are not places where you go <laughs> you go every day or necessarily even voluntarily no it has
2: to be under the threat of Rome right, right, right. An imperial uh, imperative to get you to scramble up and down and in and out of all right. the interstices in the Judean desert
1: right and right. they have to leave relatively frequently to get supplies I mean you know if they're hauling up in a cave how long are their supplies going to last until they have to go out and get more
2: well, if we based it on a modern Jewish family, there's no way they could have made it because the whole back <laughs> of the CRV is filled with so much food that, you know, they, they could never have done it. But clearly these bar Kokhba Jews are cut from a different different cloth. Yeah. So who knows? They're yeah, it's a good question.
1: Yeah, they're they're eating less or they came well supplied at the beginning or so
2: Nares for marsupials and other things that are skittering around the desert. Right. Forgetting cash root and eating reptiles. I was, say, I was just gonna say, yeah, can you All eat right. that rock, rock hyraxes?
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what it, it's the other, other, other white meat. <laughs> hyrax again, Dad?
1: Come
0: on. Are Hyrax kosher? No, they're rodents. Dad, yeah. yeah. No, they're,
1: they're
0: not kosher. They're like guinea pigs. Right, they, yeah. yeah. But we should point out to our listener that we, we really don't know that they ate these. in. Right. in now, this is complete fabrication on our Pure, part. Yeah, we're just conjecture. In the we're movie, they'll probably eat them. <laughs> but, but also, um, they're getting into these caves in uh, the Calcolithic period.
2: Yeah. wait a minute that, you're getting into these caves in the pre-pottery neolithic yeah. i'm working yeah. backwards
0: oh you are to work back? Ba- oh. back to front oh, well, or front you, to back wouldn't
1: you start with the bar Kokhba yeah you and... should start if you're really well, going to work backwards you gotta start at the beginning or at the end
0: <laughs> whoa whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> slow down
1: you started in the middle <laughs> yeah, no we
0: started we just talked about bar kochba
1: very vaguely, oh, I,
0: I vaguely. We didn't talk right. about the
1: scrolls or anything having to do with the time period
0: I'm talking about things that we, we, we know about (laughs) Let's talk about the discovery. Let's talk about, let's start at the beginning of the discovery.
1: Okay.
2: If it it wasn't for a reshoot, Nick, who had to crouch and pee. Right. Which is illegal in the reshoot. You're supposed to use the porta
1: potty that you have to pay to install. Wow. Okay, but how are you going to get the porta potty
2: up to the cave? So no, she's supposed to rappel back up. Let's right. face it; we've all been on digs. We all know that they inspect the digs. You have to have a porta potty. Everyone has to yeah, use yeah. the porta potty. But clearly, for the for the Judean Desert, these kinds of rules are in abeyance. Right.
0: And well, there's a gender aspect also. And there's a gender because aspect. because You or I would have just like you know walked Let up have, to the ledge and let it fly
2: (laughs) exactly well at our age nothing's flying let's face it (laughs) at our age we would have let it dribble (laughs) but but that's neither here nor there you know
1: just (laughs) but this this, um member of the team who happened to be female had a different need so she i assume went back to a far corner where her male colleagues were very far away from her
2: yeah, a crouching digger, hidden sandal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's okay. And
1: that's, where, and that's where she saw it. That's where she saw this sandal.
0: Yeah, it's the accident of discovery. That's what I, makes it archaeology a beautiful thing. Sometimes. And, and it's
2: really kind of a rare thing in archaeology that such a such a uh, kind of serendipitous thing happens. But yeah. it happened. She saw the sandal, she knew it wasn't ativa, she knew it wasn't one of her one of her right. colleagues who had for some reason left a sandal in the dirt. Right. And the rest is the rest is a, is history, but not unknown history. So for instance, these uh, these Dead Sea Scrolls, and they're not really the Dead Sea Scrolls, this is another thing. There needs to be another name. These are not right. from Qumran. When you say Dead Sea Scrolls, everybody thinks very specific. Yeah. They think the Dead Sea Scrolls is a brand, right? <laughs> right. It's, okay. it's, it's, a, it's a brand. It's got, you know, a whole cast of characters. It's We all know what the Dead Sea Scrolls are. And they come from Qumran. They're written by this community, whether they're the Essenes or the Dead Sea Scroll community whom or whomever. One thing they're not is a couple of fragments from the Minor Prophets. Right. And here I just want to ask you one question. If you walked into any conservative or reformed synagogue in the United States and you said, how many of you recognize the name Nahum, would anybody say, oh, yes, one of the Minor Prophets? Or would someone say, isn't there a brand of frozen knish named Nahums? <laughs> That's <laughs> which do you think
1: yeah yeah probably the second although i didn't really know there was a brand of frozen frozen knish named Nahum. that's
0: purely that's made up also oh, conjecture, oh, oh,
1: okay. <laughs> maybe,
0: conjecture. In, maybe in belgium there is <laughs> yeah
1: well yeah Nahum, I, mean, I think i think most most
2: of us would get zachariah Nahum, that's yeah. a mm, oh
0: yeah but how many of us can read it in greek
2: well that's the other thing and there we go the the ultra statement on assimilation they write everything in greek except the name of god that they know how to write in hebrew Mm, mm. and that's the story of of assimilation that you just you completely lose all contact with you know the realia from which you sprung except for these weird little tangents like american jewish kids can read hebrew they don't understand hebrew they don't know hebrew but right. they, they learned how to decode it, you know? And it's the same thing. They knew how to write the name of God. That is the one thing that they managed to hang on to.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's really interesting. And then the other thing about that was, and one of the archeologists pointed this out in an interview is that, you know, we think of these Bar Kokhba rebels, like they're very, they're very into their Judaism. They see their leader as potentially a Messiah. So we think about them as being like really serious and non-assimilationist, right? And yet they're reading their bible in in greek um so not only that it's it's a it's a different it's there's slight differences between
2: this greek recension of the hebrew bible and the septuagint right so now we have to grapple with the fact that there are multiple multiple recensions of of the of the greek bible of the greek hebrew bible
1: yeah yeah that's true that's true um so there's a lot of inconsistencies and I, that's actually one of the more interesting things so you know they're not who we expect they're not they're not um so devout that they're reading it in the original hebrew because they don't use the original hebrew i'm guessing enough to really handle it i don't know they're greek speakers
0: none of which made the slightest bit of difference to the romans
1: well that's very true i I think to the romans
0: right you know your 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 mother tongue or you know how many languages you spoke or which of yeah, didn't, didn't really make any difference. We're going to chase you and you're going to hide in a cave and then we're going to slaughter you or, or enslave you and export you to God knows where.
2: Well, it's and, a very modern conception of colonialism. Well, Pay so, your taxes, so. don't and, rebel, and, behave, cooperate,
1: up. be co-opted and, and everything's fine. Right, but if you do rebel, bad things happen.
0: Right, regardless of what language you speak. Yeah. Right. It's a don't very we're... Belgian kind of con- conception of colonialism. <laughs> really, nineteenth century, nineteenth century Belgian. Um, you know, so the deep in the Congo, but it's not. But this is this shows that uh, colonialism, and you know, we don't want to go off on too too great a riff riff on modern day colonialism. Pre modern, uh, there's nothing new under the sun. Nope. In a very right. profound way, and he, it didn't. It didn't even start here with the Romans and Bar Kokhba. It started, oh, I don't know, 4,000 years earlier. And um,
2: right. the, the head, of, the, the craggy hand of Braudel is once again emerging <laughs> from the crypt to grab us all. That's right. <laughs> all right, now do you want to? Do you, now, why don't you talk about
1: these caves? With the calcolithic going backwards, right? You were supposed to go backwards, so now's your chance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's my job to go backwards. Well, I just like um, I just like this idea that uh, that the caves are are, and this whole region of the Dead Sea, with its caves, it's hundreds of caves, six hundred caves that are known, something like that, has has long been used as a place of refuge. So you have all these Bar Kokhba characters. And almost invariably underneath there is nothing else until you get to some Calcolithic material dated around 4,000 uh, or a little bit afterwards.
1: So are you and... saying that they lost the skill of repelling between the Calcolithic <laughs> or, or material
0: or ladder making? Well, that's, that's, that's also conjecture. <laughs> But in fact, do we have ladders from any other periods um, preserved? We probably do. We'd have to think about that. But but I don't think there's terribly much interest in these in these regions. There's no Middle Bronze Age. There's no late Bronze Age. Well, why would
1: there be? I mean, it's a horrible place to live. There's like no resources. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's Nobody beautiful. right?
2: But it's, it's always right. It's the inaccessibility and the and the extraordinary, you know, environment precludes any kind of usage other than, you know, some kind of monkish asceticism or or uh, fleeing. Right, right. Fleeing, fleeing the authorities.
1: Right, it's a place you kind of pass through as opposed to living. Although, I mean, some people did sometimes, but- uh... Right,
2: except, except this calcolithic child that is buried there and carefully buried, they didn't tell us what the blanket is made out of.
1: No, they didn't tell us that.
0: But I would like to think it's a nice L.L. Bean, woolen blanket. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, as we've discussed before, the, the, the reigning paradigm the man says that there's no <laughs> wool in this period. True. Right, and, right. And I would like I, to
1: think of it as a linen blanket. So, to, just wool, to go along with what we no, said before.
2: Right, but there's no weight in linen. There's no comfort of weight yes. in linen. But
1: it is not like a lead cloth at the dentist's office by <laughs>
0: any means. Well, I've been—I've actually been pointing this out to to people as I pursue my newfound interest in calcolithic textiles. <laughs> and and i was talking to some people this week um and 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 they were like well you know i never really thought of it never really thought about what they what they wore well that's your next if if there's no wool they're wearing just linen otherwise uh, or they're wearing skins and they're dressed up like the flintstones
2: yeah they're not wearing skins yes there's i can't imagine that they're wearing skins i've always thought they were wearing linen and uh, light wool, you know, a tropical <laughs> wool. <laughs> Worse <That's what> the <laughs> worst is <laughs> exactly. You know, because they've certainly got enough sheep and goat and they're making their, you know, they're making a lot of products out of that. So
0: I thought a nice tropical it's it's actually very, very controversial. All I right, we are getting so well,
1: far off topic here. An outcast. I just <laughs> I just six... want to know about the girl who was buried in the cockalithic period, wrapped in something.
0: Right. <laughs> well she was dead and she was between the ages of six and twelve. Right. And there are other uh calcolithic burials or part parts of burials from many of these other caves. And um she got she seems to have gotten special treatment.
1: I wonder who she was and where she was from. I'm kind of thinking that she was part of some some small group that were heading. I don't know, up from Egypt down to Egypt and uh, she died. Is this some they,
0: sort of seasonal allusion to, <laughs> <laughs> to the exodus?
1: Yes, uh, yes, yes. I did that on purpose, right? We're,
0: we're going to work that, we'll work that in <laughs> right, for, um, for our listener.
1: Yeah. And her family, you know, needed to find a place um, to, to bury her where she would not be destroyed by the elements or by animals. And they said, Oh, there's a cave up there. Let's, uh,
0: let's go up there well there 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 is there are two theories one is that that at the end of the calcolithic uh the judean desert generally becomes a kind of place of refuge for people who are fleeing this this society that's falling apart and the other is that the judean desert was used as a kind of large-scale necropolis and I think this would fit with uh, with either or both of those theories, but it also doesn't explain, but neither of which explain the whole Neolithic angle and this ten thousand five hundred year old ninety two liter capacity woven basket. What the hell is that doing there? I mean, that basket is larger than my my backpack that I take
2: for you know five day trips. So that is a lot that's that's um that's got a big capacity bag
1: yeah what do you use that for in the neolithic period well it's a it looks like a laundry basket (laughs) it does yeah
0: but we have no i don't think think that was it
2: though yeah what what are they using it for and who schlepped it to this cave
1: yeah and was it done was it found empty? I mean, I assume it was found empty. It was yeah. found
2: empty, though. They're, I think, doing uh, one of the articles mentioned that they're going to look intensively for any kind of residue, et Right.
1: But you know, it's interesting because the basket is so incredibly perfectly preserved. You would think that the contents, even if they were organic, would leave some more visible <coughs> trace.
2: What I mean, the, the talk about Cave of Horror, the calcolithic child had hair, right. tendon, skin. I mean, you know, so right. If the bag had anything in it, it should be well-preserved. Right,
1: right. At least well enough preserved to see with the naked eye as opposed to residue analysis. I mean, I'm sure it had something in it at some point, but when it was left there, it might've been empty, which I don't understand. Why leave an empty basket?
2: I don't understand the size because whatever they put in it, that would have been a a very heavy load. And Mm. that seems to be, you know,
1: oh oh that no that makes sense so they they schlepped it into the cave they used whatever was inside of it and then when they left the cave they just left the empty basket
0: well see i think it had this is why it had to have been a laundry basket because if they had put any (laughs) you don't even know what
1: they're wearing
2: (laughs) or what it's made out of uh, we have no idea what kind of clothing they wear (laughs) well
0: but if it had, if it had been filled with something like grain or, or organic foodstuffs, then it would have been eaten through with to get to uh, by you know rodents and things and bugs. Oh, to, to get to last
1: yeah, yeah, to get to the dregs of it.
0: That's why it's laundry. It's pure deduction.
1: But if it was <laughs> a big basket of rocks and then they took the rocks out and, and then they,
0: they died. <laughs>
2: The Nahal uh, Mishmar hoard found in about ba- in a in a in a kind of a wrapping.
0: Yeah, they're so, wrapped in. It's wrapped so in it, baskets.
2: Right, so it could have been you know anticipating that kind of a deposit. Like yes, 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 it's all set. As, as soon as we get the scepters, we got a place to stash them. It's astronomically you know uh, uh, a good good spot. We've got we've got the big bag down there.
0: Everything's <laughs> all set. right. And then they just never came back. They
2: never came. Well, they yeah. forgot where. Honestly, <laughs> right? You know, I mean, how many of us have walked around the Judean Desert and said, "Wait a minute, didn't we? Didn't we just? You know, didn't we just see that?"
0: Right. <laughs> we're going in circles. <laughs> just ask for directions. <laughs> I know where we're going. I'm not asking. I mean, it's, it's probably,
1: actually kind of. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, it's, an, gonna say it's kind it's, of it's interesting. It's all gender based. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's kind of interesting that it's not that far from where the Nahal Mishmar horde was was found. Um, could be something <laughs> right. similar.
0: Only six thousand years later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good point. I was, well, I
0: mean, there there is. That no, I,
1: I was getting mixed up with the Calcolitic finds and the Neolithic finds. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: all the same. It's all the same to you people. Go, go but, back to um, talking about directions. How would you find your way around there? First of all, you have to today. You have to use a four wheel drive to get out there right and you need to take an enormous amount of water otherwise you're basically going to shrivel up into a raisin as soon as you step out of the car right and
1: now, these were
2: desperate people in desperate times at least right. in the roman so right. all of that all of that stuff didn't get factored in because they just had to they just had to get out of you know wherever they were holed up right. and they had to do fast i mean i'm always amazed at how much pottery they brought that would be the last thing that I would think of, of bringing, but clearly it's it's so heavy,
1: stuff. yeah, yeah,
2: it's heavy, it's breakable, yeah, it just seems like the last kind of thing you'd want.
1: That's true. Um,
2: it's nice that they brought some coins. I but, mean, you know, you never know who you're going to meet, right? You have to barter.
0: you know, vending machines, yeah, kind exactly. Of, right, a couple of eggs here and there. Yeah, but- the pottery thing is interesting though, because you know, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving without my Terra Sigillata. <laughs> right. Well, you're not going to are you going to use the Terra Sigillata in the cave? Well, I, you know, Don't not,
2: bring that ugly lamp that Aunt Gladys brought gave us. I, I've been trying to get rid of that thing since we got it. Like,
0: it's the only good thing that's coming out of this Roman Roman invasion
1: is <laughs> getting rid you of like It's the
0: kind the the, the the whole country. <laughs> yeah, well, but I I think that, you know, I've never had to flee under these circumstances, but I'm not sure that people make fully rational decisions about the lists of stuff that they Look,
2: I live in in Tennessee. Fully rational decisions are not made on a daily basis in our state capital here. So, you know, I don't think we need to even get to the level of fully rational
1: decisions. Okay, but we do need to think about water. That we need to think about. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I mean okay. So you guys know more about prehistory than than I do. We want to talk about a warmer, wetter climate ten thousand years ago, or not? Wasn't was that not the case? We
2: wouldn't have it a basket was. if it was.
1: Mm. Just have little strands. Right, that's a good point. Never mind. Yeah. And, and let me
2: before you. Start, I know you're about to say something else. Before you, start, if we had just a few pieces of this basket, there's no way. All right. Anyone would uh, reconstruct it as ninety liters. That's true. Everyone would reconstruct it as, oh, it was a fanny pack. Oh, <laughs> it was one of those tiny little backpacks you right. know, that, right. that school kids put on their back. No way is anyone reconstructing a 90 liter bag.
1: Yeah.
0: You, again, ra- rationality, but maybe there's rationality to this that we're not um, perceiving.
2: I think I think that's usually in the case of the three of us. I think that's always the case.
0: Well, that's true. Yeah. It's that is the human that is the human condition more broadly, more broadly construed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. Well, but uh, you know, if the climate had been a little bit wetter or a little bit drier, and the thing would have fallen apart, and and it, there would have been a lot of pieces, then they would have said, "Oh, it's a lot of little baskets." Right. right. Right, right.
2: Um, Look at this. We have a cache of 30 baskets. This is truly extraordinary.
0: Right. right. And and instead, right. there's one ginormous big-ass basket.
2: <laughs>
0: Don't use those technical terms for our audience. That <laughs> person will get confused. Well, we understand what little baskets would be for. You, you know, so like. put a little bit of this, a little bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do with a, a big basket? It's it's very nice maybe yeah. it had to have been a gift
1: well you know you know what wasn't there and i'm jumping from neolithic to roman but um there were no um n- no scroll containers none of those nice big pottery jars that contained the dead sea scrolls we didn't find that kind of stuff
0: that's nope. i believe that's i believe that's true
1: yeah so, so these I, are things that people maybe- are- you know, you can put thing you can put lots of things in baskets. You can put you can put scrolls in baskets, you can put food in baskets. Um, you can put a tisket or a tasket. <laughs> you knew
2: I was getting that one in there. Yeah. Well good, very good.
0: <laughs> so that no, that's that's good. A tisket, a tasket, a 92-liter basket. <laughs> I mean,
2: have any of you guys i know i'm totally stuck on this but i am totally stuck on this do you have you ever gone into rei where you see all the backpacks lined up by their capacity yeah, sure. they, yeah. they don't even get to 90 liters no human being could walk around with a 92 liter that's basket true. that's true That's true you could fit that, the entire actually... family into a 92 liter basket <laughs> maybe that's what it was for that, maybe it's the minivan of of the ppna
1: and you got people carrying it sort of together
2: did you get all the kids yeah they're in the basket they're in the basket I got them re- we're all ready to go
0: but I have to pee again all right everybody out of the basket wait
2: a minute where's Nahum Nahum, here. Nahum? I don't think we have a Nahum
1: oh man um okay you asked,
0: you asked about the climate it was a little wetter, or it was a little drier, or it was a little drier, it was a little wetter, a at little no water. point was there like serious running water in any yeah. of these okay. caves. Right, and, right. And, but and,
2: in, this, in yeah. the winter time, presumably there would be, uh, you know, in the late winter, early spring, there'd be accumulations of, of still, you know, Okay, snow.
1: which actually brings us to another question. You know, we can kind of trace, maybe not in the Roman period, but people aren't taking casual trips this direction in the heat of summer then. Um, mm-hmm. Right they're they're making think, the trips in the rainy season.
2: I I think that that's likely.
1: Yeah. There's what, nothing
0: casual about going to these places any time of year, really. Right. Well, that's
1: also true. And again, unless you're passing through, unless you're traveling, you know, with your little caravan or with your little
0: Okay, caravan. but if you're traveling with your little caravan and you're like, ooh, we're going we're going down to Egypt to sojourn. Okay, <laughs> 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 hey, you know so we've had a good day we've had a good day's trip we're going to climb down 400 meters to spend the night right and that's and then you know little betsy gets sick god forbid and you know they have to bury her there or something but no it's not this is not a casual it's not a casual thing
2: right right Right. Um, i mean really was anything casual in the ppna or the calcolithic or even the early bronze i guess by the early bronze age there probably was some degree of casualness. <clears throat> you, you could hang out at your moot. You could, you know, walk around the, you know, beautifully made streets and enter beautifully made buildings. So maybe in the EB2 and 3, things got a little bit casual. It was an I, age you know, of leisure.
1: Don't, don't forget about Neolithic Jericho. You know, that's that's substantial. People are living there and kind of hanging out and they're well protected by a big wall and town. Yeah, but
0: they're all dead by the time they're 30. Yeah, and they had a all that
2: erosional problem you know oh oh the wadi is falling oh you know we're gonna you know we're gonna lose
1: the house like last year right well okay no you're right it wasn't an easy life it wasn't an easy life but
2: uh... maybe it was was easier than we think i don't know i i think in the southern levant not so much northern levant maybe i think it's that environmental that marginal
0: environment makes things always (laughs) puts that gives everyone an edge right it's very stressful even today (laughs) especially today it gets so hot and everybody's grouchy it gets cold and it's clammy let's go Uh, back
1: to the basket though for a second because i am kind of obsessed with the basket um yeah it's easy to be obsessed it, it's it's a I mean it's really well made and it's really intricate and it's in you know it it stood it stood the test of time
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> literally
1: yeah somebody is sitting there with some significant basket weaving skills
2: mad skills mad, skills. mad basket yeah. skills
1: yeah yeah well that's
0: <laughs> that maybe or maybe this is just uh like the worst basket that that they made and we're <laughs>
1: Let's no, just throw it no, in cave.
0: Just leave that in the cave We're, you're not taking that with us it's in, why did you make it so big <laughs> <laughs> it's as big as you it's are got no what should... it's got no shape to it yeah. right try it again you know it's uh, you know we have this kind of uh this kind of bias towards towards the things that we that we see and that we experience through the archaeological record. Oh, it's so beautiful! Oh, this is so nice and sophisticated. And maybe the really cool stuff um, just lived on for a while and, and isn't preserved. And uh, maybe, maybe we also start- under, we also underestimate the, their, their skill levels in these early periods.
1: So you think that this is a poor quality basket, and they could no, do so much saying, better?
0: I'm not saying that. <laughs> Don't, don't don't put don't, words don't, in my mouth don't, mouth. don't put words in my mouth about it. don't not hating on the basket. I love the basket, <laughs> a beautiful basket. I'm trying love to f-
1: because maybe maybe it was originally a very well shaped basket and it got stretched out of shape by its extremely heavy contents of laundry <laughs>
0: <laughs> or children or children <laughs> or rocks. <laughs> Entirely possible and this is a good illustration of how in archaeology we have multiple explanations and pathways. Absolutely. And we have to use our imaginations in order to make. No, that's a very important
1: statement. Up. Yes, right. we, we need.
2: But, you, but you know that by the time the by the time the get done with it, there'll be enough microscopic pieces of residue to ascertain that the entire basket was, you know, filled with dried apricots. <laughs>
0: right, right, right. It, it does take some of the the I don't know romance or excitement out of it, being able to determine things down to the subatomic level. Right, right. Exactly.
1: very true. That's um, why this is so much fun to talk about because we exactly. can and speculate. Right.
0: right, it's nice to be able to speculate before
2: the scientists get their gloved hands all over everything. Exactly,
1: right. exactly. And, and then again, apropos of nothing, but just something else I was thinking of is you've got these caves, a whole bunch of caves used as early as the Neolithic period, and then again in the Calcolithic period, and then again in the Roman period, and every time somebody entered, and of course, I'm assuming people are entering semi-regularly, you know, they're seeing these holes in the cliffs, that nobody is really disturbing the earlier stuff, or? No, they are. They are?
0: Yeah, well, in a lot of these caves, all the Calcolithic stuff is smashed up, pushed pushed aside.
1: Okay, okay, Mm. well, that's an interesting point, then. I'm glad you said that.
0: Not the basket, or the, or the, Burial, thank goodness
1: right but the scrolls are only fragmentary actually so
0: yeah well and also we have to we have to be fair that the cave of the horrors in particular and lots of these other caves were very very extensively explored and uh, excavated in the 1950s by Israeli expeditions that sure. did a a comprehensive not a semi partially comprehensive job <laughs> of clearing out a lot of this stuff as per the um techniques and and uh, predilections of the time whoa that was a lot of fancy words to say yeah. that they were they were a little sloppy <laughs> yeah well they dug the hell out of <laughs> a lot <of laughs> they it. dug
2: the hell out of it yeah and they missed a bunch of fragments from uh, zachariah
1: and right, right right exactly and um, they also
0: didn't publish it all well, they that's... published a lot of the good stuff the obvious stuff, Stuff, but like, not, the, like not, the
1: skeletons. Did we say that there were forty skeletons found there in the nineteen sixties excavations? No, this would, be a good now, time to,
0: this would be a good time to mention that.
2: Yeah. Oh, the horror! <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the cave lived up to its name.
2: Right. Not to be confused with Tell Haror, just you know, <laughs> vaguely to the to the
1: west. But <laughs> well, it's a good yeah. Nickname. It's.
0: Uh, the these were all directed by um Yohanan Aharoni right and they went on i thought for... it was Yadin,
1: wasn't it Yadin?
0: i don't believe yeah, so it was
1: aharoni it was aharoni. okay yeah, it was aharoni okay, okay.
2: <laughs> but was you know digging, <laughs> digging big, big tell sites <laughs> right <laughs> right but, nice and and uh and masada you couldn't be uh you couldn't, couldn't be, be bothered by, with this with the uh, with these little these little caves and interstices in the desert yeah oh
1: yeah
0: but you guys are right yeah, there's a lot of there was you know hundreds of people and the military was involved uh, with logistics and like today helicopter, yeah helicopters right. and ropes because that's the only way you can do it because right you know your your average and i say this with with only affection your average schmuck archaeologists can't uh can't organize this this level of project <laughs> Well, for one you need, you need water <laughs> you need water
1: yeah <laughs> yeah
0: really to the two of the critical yeah the critical elements
1: i was just reading about the masada maybe they were, drinking, maybe they were drinking their own urine maybe that was Ooh. their that was, maybe that's what they were doing it's entirely possible i kind of wish you hadn't said it it comes <laughs> back to that, that crouching arc, archaeology couldn't everything yeah. Maybe that's, their, that's the, i mean gandhi drank his own urine it's sterile It's what you got to do in the desert, I suppose. Um, But, well, that's not what they were doing in the 1960s excavations.
0: (laughs) We we hastened to add. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But it's a very dune like environment. It is very dune like and uh, I don't know, but there's no evidence for any kind of still suits or
2: No. We still don't have still suits. There'll be still suits next 20, 30 years.
0: Really? You think with the complete recycling capability?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, potable water. It's the big... It's that, that That's going to be the next issue. I mean, it already is the next issue. We're just sort of ignoring it. All right, let's not go down that particular...
0: <laughs> that, that particular it's a very, park. very dry yeah. and disturbing rabbit hole. Yeah, exactly. Right yeah, yeah. But... Well, I, um, I've, I've never been to any of these particular caves i have only been to the ones around Qumran and, uh, and, you know, in the ones that you can reach right on foot from below and uh, I've been I've been reassured not or not reassured that the only way to get to the other ones you need four wheel drives to get way the hell out there and you need people who know what they're doing and those helmets and stuff. Right, You have to crouch down and not even sure somebody like me could fit in one of those caves. (laughs) (laughs) You could, Rachel, not me. I could.
1: I could, but I'd be scared. So
0: It's very dusty. Here
1: is a motivating factor. Well, that's true. I I mean, if if I were part of a family fleeing um, the Romans because I was a follower of Bar Kokhba, then I suppose I would have to go in, but um, I wouldn't be happy about it.
2: I don't think I would be a Bar follower. I, I don't think I have it in me. I think I would settle, I'd be co-opted. Just let me stay in the city. Yeah. Just leave, How much is it gonna cost for you to leave me alone? Right, <laughs> right. I'd actually, I'd stay
1: with you, yeah.
2: What's yeah. your number? Just tell me your number and I'll come up with it.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. What about you, name? Alex?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I, have, I haven't really thought that uh, you, you would be handling with them. You, you would
2: be <laughs>
1: negotiating,
2: handling lots of fancy words. You telling <laughs> them that if this
0: happens, then that's going to happen. Right. I'd try try and do a Professor Irwin Corey kind of routine <laughs> with them.
1: But then they um, might just kill you. They wouldn't understand but, uh, what you're talking about. They'd resent it. They might just kill you. I would just want to be left alone.
0: Yeah. Well, you you are very straightforward in that respect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do like the desert, though.
1: Oh, yeah. I and mean, that's yeah. why we've been
0: looking at real estate
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> in various deserts. But this also raises another question. What's going on on the other side of the Dead Sea? Mm-hmm. Don't they have caves there? And who's hanging out in what periods? Uh in those in those caves. And I'm just not familiar. I mean, there's certainly hasn't been the the level of research on okay. that coast
1: right and i think that that stems from the initial chance discovery of the dead sea scrolls on the western side of the dead sea and a lot of attention has been paid to that immediate area um, more than the other side for a variety of
2: different
1: agenda yeah yeah exactly.
0: exactly but were there were there you know, Jews or others taking refuge from Romans on the east side, I think this is a, I think this is a good question, which just, dis- and asking it displays our ignorance.
2: Exactly. That's I don't, think don't
0: know if we want to go in this direction. Well, <laughs> I think pointing it, pointing it gonna, out uh, highlights our humility,
1: <laughs> which,
0: okay. which should oh, be exactly. very, very evident.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know the terrain on the other side because I've never worked on the other side. But I would assume that it is similar, right? Um, With cliffs and caves and things.
2: There's not the the Udeine Desert is a very specific entity, and I don't, off the top of my head, I don't believe there's that kind of a formation on the other on the east side. Oh, that's interesting. Well, it's
0: all very heavily dissected landscapes with canyons and.
2: And right, but I don't like think yeah. that same level of, of dense compactness and verticality. Uh huh. But again, we don't really know.
1: Right. I
0: haven't I haven't been to those parts, um, particularly. Right. I've been All to Gasul. Right. Gasul was the hottest place I've ever been to.
1: Have you been to Babadra?
0: I'm trying to remember. I'm not sure. But Gasul. Have you There's been no. to Abu Simbel? Yeah, it's that's hot. hot. Yeah, the whole region is hot. The whole region is hot. <laughs> it's people are so irritable from it.
1: That's another good point.
0: And yet, you want to move to the desert. It's dry as as here. It <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, I'll it's say it's that in its favor.
2: <laughs>
0: Can't have it both ways. Right, but. Right. Um, but we encourage our listener to uh, to you know think about think about these issues um, deeply and uh, and also maybe to send us some money so we can go visit these places. Well, no, that's actually an important point that you know our sponsors, the sponsors of this podcast, like um, the Peels Brewing Brewing Company, <laughs> Gimble's Department Stores. <laughs> they've been very generous but uh you know to a certain level we want to take it to the next level and and do some of this uh, kind of podcasting and reporting from the field so oh you know yeah give till it hurts because certainly we are <laughs> let's all hurt <laughs> let's all hurt together all exactly.
1: right well maybe on that note
0: <laughs> <laughs> indeed well i don't know about you but I'm going to head out now to Gimble's and look for some baskets. As always, we'd like to thank Erez Dessel and his octet for our theme music. We also have to give special thanks this week to our sponsors, BurmaShave Brushless Shaving Cream. Remember their slogan, a shave that's real, no cuts to heal, a soothing velvet afterfeel, Burma Shave. To get in touch, leave us a comment, Send us an email at This Week in the Ancient Near East, all one word, at gmail.com, or send us a postcard at P.O. Box 1177, Boston, Mass, 02134.